Have you made an honest review? Jump onto fifthwrist.com and read real takes by real owners about their watches. And of course, get involved and write about what's on your wrist. Fifthwrist.com is your independent space to talk watches. It's the uh, Rob and the Regulators show. It should be the Rob Regulator and Rob show, but anyway, that's how it is. And we've got a very, very special guest. Paul Carter is back. How you going, mate? Gentlemen, good evening. It's it's lovely to be back, Mr. Colvin, Mr. Kitto. Always a pleasure. Yes, yes. <laughs> People have been very excited when I've told them that you're coming back on. Well, first of all, they said, "Who are you talking about?" And then I said, the, "You know, the <laughs> masturbating monkey guy." And they're like, "Oh, yeah." This oh great. no, <laughs> no more, no more, no more of that. Okay, we'll just keep it. We'll try and keep it a little bit, you know, family friendly. Okay, no? yeah. Not. Rob called me last night. It was last night. He gave me into trouble for saying some fucked up stuff. Yeah, I called you, but it wasn't about that. I was because I was drunk and I, I, I forgot. I didn't say why I called you. But um, anyway. Look, it's, it's okay, guys. It doesn't matter what I do with whatever time I've got left on this good earth. I could turn around tomorrow and completely by accident cure cancer, but I'll just always be known as the masturbating monkey guy. I wish I was known for that. <laughs> well, you know, when I do die, that'll be written on the headstone. Here lies, you know, that guy with the monkey wank. Yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, surely you would have to have something carved in marble, like a monkey actually masturbating carved in marble. That would be the way to go. The show started off well, isn't it? Yeah, I was trying to keep it family friendly. My goodness, you peanuts. (laughs) I suppose you can edit all this out, but you won't edit anything out. I can't can't edit anything out on this one because it's a Zoom one. Oh, really? Can't you edit a Zoom? Yeah, but it's it's, it's much more difficult, so I tend not to bother. I just, just, just apply yourself. Okay. That's all right. That's so all keep right. your ums and yes to an absolute minimum tonight, Rob. Okay. Well, when, I'm, when you're talking, Paul, and I don't say anything for like half an hour, it means I'm not allowed to go, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, make a listening noise. I'm not allowed to. I've just got to sit here and mod. So, you know, um, since we're not really looking at it, video images. Um, just so I have a, so I have a proper a visual cue because I'm an arty guy uh, and uh, we can't see one another. Rob, uh, I'm assuming that you're um, in in your watch uh, vault, which is located by, in a dormant volcano, and, and you're in yep, there yep, yep. flailing your back with Horvine watch straps. And, uh, <laughs> and Alex, I am only assuming, as per last time, you're in a kilt drinking a pint of red, shirtless. Uh, am I right, boys? You, you're we getting ahead to of yourself. The, we haven't got to that checks yet. yet. Yeah, but that's I knew you were going to say that. But yeah, yeah, you're on the right track. Put it that way. We're on the right track. Yeah. Um, what do we normally do? Oh, do we actually? I don't want to do a drink check yet. We haven't even asked about. I don't know. What else we normally waffle on about before we do a drink check? See, I can't. I can't tell how long this has gone on for. Normally, we can tell we've got time ticking away, but here is just nothing. Having a conversation about horology, and and we don't know how long we've been. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're not building a bomb. That's the main thing. <laughs> Alex, we had I had a bomb T-shirt manufactured just for Rob, so that he could wear it and take a photograph and send it to you when we're at bike night. He was telling me last night. That was one of the things he told me in between. I did tell him. I did. Chastising me for saying fucked up stuff on the podcast. Then he told me about the. And then I was talking about bombs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait. We're just trying to get to number one in China. Trying to get (laughs) the number one podcast. Um, You know, just bit of um, controversy. No, we don't like controversy. We're we're very very um, uh, reserved. <laughs> <laughs> very, very reserved. 
I'll tell you what, we're not as reserved as some of the podcasts out there. My goodness, I've been having a bit of a, a fish around for some decent podcasts. There's none on watches, at least. There's a few, um, you know, people, in, there's a few different car ones and stuff, apparently, but I haven't got time to listen to them. Can't, I'm trying to get an can't idea. Can't do this. Ma- Michael just said earlier, remember, did you see in the group chat, Michael was upset that after oh, the no. last one that we were putting the boot into the other podcast too much. And he said, oh, we're better really? than that, which I disagree with. <laughs> I'm not sure he thinks he's associating with, but if he thinks we have any kind of moral compass, he's, he's uh, sadly mistaken. Yeah. But he said, we're better than yeah. that. And we don't need to put other people down to, to be number one. We're number one anyway, which I can see, oh, I some, see, that. I can see some merit in, in that argument. But I, I don't know. It's fun I, to... I, I recall this coming up last time when we were thinking of an interesting tagline to attach to um, the podcast. And I suggested um, going the route of Pakistan International Airways and, and their timeless tagline, we're better than you think we are. <laughs> <laughs> Which means we're not that good, but we're better than you think we are. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, we're better than that, are we? I don't know. Sure. Well, okay, for Michael's sake, then we won't stick any more booty. I actually don't, I, you know, there's some that I've listened to a few times. Actually, I, I've been trying to catch up on the Scottish watches dudes. They're quite good. But um no, don't say yeah. that, because he actually what? listens to Scottish Watches guy. The, uh, Rick. Rick from Scottish Watches actually listens, so you can't don't say they're, they're good. a bunch of they're a bunch of peckerheads. But yeah. um you know I can say that they're not <laughs> not terrible. They're not terrible, terrible. They have some they have some character. I'll give them I'll give them that. Yeah. Well they're Scottish. That's yeah, the only I reason know. why. Yeah. Come on, Alec, get your back up. Tell them you'll pitch him off the balcony like a k-bar if he speaks like that about <laughs> i i still find it hard to believe that i drink that, i know that that, that know. kind of doesn't sit well with me as you would say yeah that's it what does, i say sit well with me that's what i always sit say well with that's, me. that's one of my things that i say that people when people play the the mm-hmm. robin regular drinking game they have to to drink finish their drink if i say it doesn't sit well with me <laughs> well let, 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 let's just get right into it then and and, and <laughs> And do our drink checks. Uh, just before Paul went incognito there and, and stopped his video, um, I noticed he had a big mug of something. Big, what, what are you drinking, Paul? Oh, I was finishing uh, a tea, and, and right oh. now in front, I have a pint of red. Yeah, <laughs> actually, though, because I saw the tea as well, and I was like, this guy's a, what do you say in Australia? A soft cock. What's he doing? Back on to confirm that I am holding a pint of red. It's a thimble. Looks like half a pint. Looks like a small pint. Just the closer you put up to the camera. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It definitely looked red. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Okay. We'll pay that one. Yep. Okay. I've got some. I've got some bad news. What you're not drinking? I. You know what? Ooh, it, was, Here we go. it was. Very, mm. very close to me not drinking tonight. Why? Because I've I fucked my back. Poor. poor and poor. so I'm on. Voltaren or something and it says if you drink you may experience internal bleeding <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so if I hang with it I'm gonna drink anyway and we'll so see I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna have a wacky changi <laughs> a little a little sip every now and oh, then okay I think I think it should be fine to have just yeah have a wacky changi should be fine shouldn't it it's not like yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure I was sitting in a meeting in, in Woodside in the, in their big flash boardroom and it they just done this room up and it's all very white it's quite clinic this was years ago and mm. claire rang me and and it and that's so why I, I didn't answer it and she rang again and she doesn't do that so i thought i have to excuse myself and take a call and um she was ringing me to ask can i buy we, we don't have a relationship like that but she said can i buy a blender i was like what 
why yes babe what blender what you need yes fine she said yeah but it's babe it's expensive i said well what's a blender cost nowadays and she said oh it's you know it's 2000 something i said oh yeah, go ahead and buy you know get the blender do you get a free tv set with that or is it just the blend she's like just a blender so it was when that um what's it called it's that blender that that oh so many other um of her friends and other mums and a kitchen got, aid or something like that or something no like. it's that cooks it, it blends and it cooks magic mix no it's the thermomix thermomix oh yeah, yeah. okay it all the time and it's a, it's it's a, it's a thermomix and anyway so she she gets a, a cookbook with the with the magic expensive thermomix and one of the first dishes that you make after the acquisition of said thermomix is a beetroot salad and uh, don't eat beetroot you do know uh, mate, it, it, this salad was unbelievably good. And I, I ate pretty much like two kilos of beetroot salad. And I don't eat beetroot, but I ate that much. The next day, I'm back in Woodside at the back, the, the second half of this long, protracted, complex meeting. And I excused myself. And there was a role reversal. I found myself in the uh, executive loo, which is equally wise and clinical and beautiful. And I'm in there and... Um, panic i just I, I was completely panicked and i rang my wife several times and she answered and, and i said to her i'm bleeding i'm bleeding to death it's, it's pouring out of I'm, I'm, I'm hemorrhaging babe i'm hemorrhaging blood and, and she gathered us and said babe you ate two kilos of beetroot salad last night it's not blood it's it's beetroot and so the relief the wave of relief i felt when i went back into the into the meeting and i'm only bringing blood this up. On your legs. Yes, and it was so I'm only bringing this up, Alex, to reassure you that when they put those warnings on on uh, medications, the, the correct course of action is to actually take double the dose that they're suggesting you take for your bad back, crush it, crush the tablets up with your glass, and just scoop the powder into a decent good scotch, like a nice single malt, and continue with said podcast, Alex. See, I've I've had that similar experience that you had as well, and I had that wave of fear thinking, oh, well, that's it. I'm dying now. And then it was about 30 seconds later, I realized I'd eaten three packets of Oreo biscuits <laughs> earlier, <laughs> earlier on. Yeah, because it's whatever, this is an American thing, whatever like, god awful food colorings they put into it. But yeah, I was like, oh, well, that's it. Better start calling around <laughs> people, telling them that I have probably hours to live. But it's a fucking it's a terrifying <laughs> thing, that, that moment. I've never actually been through that. No, no. Now, Oreos and beetroot, I need to steer clear of. Yeah. Um, or else just be prepared for the consequences, which aren't as serious as they look. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. okay. <laughs> right. Well, God, got right well, where that conversation. Uh, that was, yeah. <laughs> you never know oh, where this go. is going to go. It's great. It's off on a tangent. I've I'm, I'm got a whack of changes again, but I'm only double parked. I think I've been, we've been exaggerating a bit. You know, it's just like out of out doing each other, trying to get uh, three, four, five Wacker Changis lined up for the podcast. So, I, and I've just, I just feel like I've drunk so much beer recently. So I've cut right back. I'm just going to get back to two. I'm going to make a maximum We're of two. Trying to get a sponsorship oh. deal here. What the fuck are you doing? No, I I'll say Wacker Changi, Wacker Changi, Wacker Changi, Wacker Changi many times. Yeah. Wacker Changi during the podcast. Wacker Changi. I don't yeah. mind saying Wacker Changi. <laughs> But if I if I can't eat I can't drink five wacker changies or four wacker changies or three wacker changies. I don't know, I can, I can. But I just have just drinking way too much. So until they start providing free wacker changies, I I can't I can't I can't, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna limit myself to two. But I have in on standby, 
a bottle of I bought a bottle of fire and cane glenfiddich. Have you heard of that stuff? Oh yeah, fire and fire and cane. It's worse than a fate. Worse than death. Fire and I don't cane. Know. Uh, someone told me about this stuff. I'm not really. I'm not really. You know, I'm not convinced so far. I mean, you had it on the show the other night, didn't you? Did I? Um, possibly. I didn't actually. Oh yeah, I had one glass the other night. Yeah, but it's a backup. It's a backup. I might not even open it tonight. It's sitting there. So yeah. Anyway, we'll see how we go. That's drinks out of the way. Done. Um, I still can't tell how long I've been going for. I still should stop saying that how long I've been going for. I don't care. Yeah, just okay. keep on throughout the entire episode. Just to cry for help. If anyone knows how long we've been going for, please get in contact. And what, what, are, you, what are you wearing? You're, you're wearing your something, something, something good. Something. Got my Willard on. Your Willard, your Captain Willard. I'm wearing my Captain Willard. I, I can't tell you how much I like this watch. It's, I love it. I absolutely love it. I look at it and, and I shall say, Getting up and putting it on in the morning is mm. th- is that elating to me? Yeah, um, okay. It's such a nice start to my day. It could even replace coffee. I, I love it. That's serious. That's a serious. Um, yeah. Okay. That's endorsement for for for, for that watch. Um, you haven't got it on a Jiva Blue strap, though, have you? At the moment, <laughs> the, the strap that comes with the watch is is some sort of silicon rubber. Yeah, it's much more um, yeah resistant yeah. to paint and whatever. Yeah, and I'm I'm be, I've been doing a lot of artistic painting. I've noticed that when I'm a bit um, lucid with the brush, uh, any paint that uh, I do get uh, on the on the strap washes straight off because yeah, I yeah, had yeah. your beautiful leather strap was on it, mm. my epoxy-based enamel on that, and and it made a bit of a mess of the strap, so I I took it off and put the rubber strap back on. Fair enough. No, Alex, he says that because he's, he's a bit worried that, 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 that something, he doesn't actually like it as much, but he says that's fine, but he prefers the, 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 the dodgy silicon one that comes with it. No, it's not dodgy. It's good. It's, it's like a tropi- tropical dye, right? Almost. Like, Love your strap. Yeah. Okay. That's good. If you get beetroot stains on, on your Geneva blue straps, though, they really stain. You don't want beetroot. <laughs> beetroot. Yeah. Beetroot. <laughs> they become Geneva purple. Okay. Oh, well. Or blood. Uh, blood makes a mess of um, Geneva blue. I wonder what Hannibal Lecter wears on his wrist. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> he definitely wears. A, he definitely wears a G-Shock Mudman, probably. <laughs> Mud, Mudmaster. Mudmaster. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know that the old gentleman's Mudmaster I was talking about last time. Uh-huh. Um, it's kicked off again. It's going like it's going going fine. <laughs> it's it's all dried out. One sitting here next to me. I have to try and find him and give it back to him, but it hasn't worked so. Are you going to be able to take the case back off that and put it on your new one? I don't know. If it, no, it's, it's definitely way too big. It's a bigger case back than the new okay. one. Okay. But that's okay. We'll find, we'll find a solution. Don't worry. Okay. Paul might, might have to get one of those. Well, Rob, Rob <laughs> showed me a watch the other day. The, the brand's logo, the brand name, is written in reverse on the inside of, of the glass. It's, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Laser etched. Yes. Uh, on the case back, there's a, an engraving of of the movement. It doesn't have a, a case back, but there's a depiction of the movement on the case back. I thought that was uh, quite clever. clever. Well, I guess you could be you could say it's some marketing. We're just trying to be different to everybody else, but it is a little bit different. But it it is sort of harking back to the old pilot watches. But that's just a little. That is it that I was wearing the other day. Ah, I think Alex was not wearing okay, the, yeah. the air fighter. Yeah. Yeah. That's clear. It's a nice little, nice little feature, basically. He's got out, he's brought out some a new watch called a 1972, which is an old style diver, really cool old diver, small sizes as well. So I've got one of them on the way. 
Um, if you look on the ESA website in the 1972, it's a cool, cool watch. What very vintage inspired, much more so than these these pilot watches and stuff. Um, but anyway, I'll let you know when that, that arrives. I'll send you some pics. What are you wearing, Mr. Watch Regulator? I'm wearing, and I put this watch on, I just put it on a minute ago when I grabbed my Wakachangi. Still just wearing my Speedmaster mm -hmm. on my delicious Geneva Blue strap. Oh, bless that you. I wear because I love this strap so much. And I'm a good friend yeah. who supports your strap mm -hmm. endeavors. Unlike some other people who prefer rubber, that's fine. But yeah, I like to support my friends. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, okay. It's a beautiful watch. That's your birth year watch, right? Yeah. Or yeah. The other one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, okay. Paul, Alex's <laughs> birthday is uh, his 40th is next, next, next year, right? Um, he's got to come up. We've got to come up with something, basically. Something to make it a big one. Um, Alex is next year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he's only a young pup. You shouldn't say that, Rob, because we, we can we can do things, Alex. You need you need to start worrying now. <laughs> you, you're never going to feel safe in your world again because we've got access to things that boggle the Scottish mind. <laughs> up to oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah we're going to start planning now, Rob. Yeah yeah I have I have don't worry I don't worry yeah yeah. yeah. Will we even be able to do anything? <laughs> maybe in, maybe in Perth, but Zoom. Yeah, well, we'll do it here anyway. If here or yeah. not? Yeah. We'll do <laughs> We'll go, we'll, we'll go to Rodney's bar bait and tackle anyway. Uh, and you can just. Oh uh, yeah. I want to go to, I want to go to that. We'll I forgot <laughs> about that. We'll send you a, uh, we'll zoom it. We'll, we'll send you a screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Very good. Well, I'm wearing, I'm actually wearing a Seiko too, Mr. Carter. Not quite the same, same standard as I'm wearing that, that just that Seiko um, Samurai, Samurai Save the Oceans, whatever it is. Um, the blue, blue dial one. I haven't had it on for a little while. It's a cool dive watch. It's, it's, it's just a you know, sort of entry level as far as say, or almost as far as Seiko dive watches go, but it's on a lovely Geneva blue, black, <laughs> um, soft hallway and black leather strap. And it just goes so well. It's just a pity that yours is, a, is sort of an odd strap size. So you can't just throw straps on willy nilly. It's, um, it's only yeah, a limited amount of straps that go on yours, but um, mine I can just chop and change, which is which I'm doing. I actually yeah. wanted to, to uh, talk about something. The last time Paul was on, mm. you mentioned two war movies. So you talked about Apocalypse Now, and then you also talked yes. about some homoerotic scene in The Great Escape. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> do you have do you have an interest in war movies? Is that a particular genre of film that you enjoy? You mean a fetish? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, very much. Yeah, I love um, war movies. What's your favorite um, war movie? There's only oh, one. There's only one right answer to this, and then I'll tell you what the correct answer is. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I'm, you, okay. Well, you have to break that down and be a bit more specific. What's my favorite war movie based on actual events, or no, just your all, overall favorite war movie? Because for my my thirtieth birthday, my cousin. Um, who's is or sorry was the manager of an, an art house cinema in Glasgow said to me as a birthday present to me she I could have any movie played in like have a private screening for my birthday so I picked a movie and it happened to be a war movie that forced everyone yes. to go along and watch <laughs> people yes. were like I'm like you have to come along and see this it's my 30th I'm like but I don't like war movies like you have to come along so I picked I a movie what, what are you gonna say you know what it is I reckon I know which one you picked. Okay, go for it. 
Kelly's Heroes. <laughs> no. <laughs> but what's what up? I, no, I want to know what your favorite word maybe is first. He won't give in. He'll just keep no. asking. He won't give it away. Hard to choose. I guess, uh, oh God, there's so many I, I like watching. I watched them as a boy in the UK because I was a victim of circumstances and I had to watch whatever my father wanted to watch. And he was a career military guy, you know. He really enjoyed war movies. So he probably liked uh, Wild Geese, right? Uh, yeah, but that's not my favorite. No. Um, oh, man, it's, that's a tough one. I'm going to have to go with... I'm going to have to go with The Great Escape. Oh, drum roll. I was going to say it's too late. Like, too late. You escape. can't do the drum roll after. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. I was... <laughs> Yeah, there you go, there you have it. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I was, I'm a bit disappointed. It's a bit predictable, but... Um, oh, is it? Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> oh, I have, I have a top 10 list and Kelly's Heroes is on. Mine um, is... I'll tell you what mine is now. It's... Where Eagles... Yeah. Oh, I knew Eagles. you'd say that. <laughs> Serious. Oh, man, I see that. It's like years and years ago. Where Eagles... Eastwood has this... Richard Burton described Eastwood as having a dynamic lethargy about his, about his acting. And he's just... <laughs> Oh, laconic. He kind of strides around, popping off the little Walther, all the nasty Nazis around the dinner table. That's great. It's a great movie. What yeah. I was saying to Rob was last night when he was telling me off for, right. for being rude, I said, <laughs> Paul should do his own podcast and he should do it on war movies. Obviously, that was before, that was before I found out The Great Escape was your favorite one. So maybe we'll have a rethink. But last night... <laughs> Before I had this sad news, that was I thought you should do something like that. No mercy. Um, yeah, we could be a spin-off. It's a spin-off of a spin-off of. Um... Alex, I got that wrong. There's where eagles dare, and the eagle has landed. It's the Michael Caine one when he's pretending he's going to shoot the actor that's playing Churchill. They're going to kidnap him and put him uh, in a, a U-boat. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. I remember that's that from Agatha. Was was. Um, uh, the, uh, the, a saucy country girl being pursued by uh, Donald uh, Sutherland, who was an Irish Nazi sympathizer. Oh, that was, was a great Ro film. He was Robert Duvall yeah. in that one as well? Uh, no, Larry Hagman from Dallas did a uh, sort oh, of uh, as a, a, a bumbling <laughs> and that, that blows himself up with his own hand grenade. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that one as much as Where Eagles Dare, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Richard Burton, he was just wonderful. He was just, you know, pack a day, Richard, banging down the cognacs between takes. Yeah, gotta love it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> why, why is it says meeting time remaining only eight minutes? Because that's how that's all how long we've got, and then we have to start again, and I'll edit it together. I think they were doing okay. free extended oh, meetings really? before, while everyone yeah. was was dying. They thought yeah, okay. kind of something nice, but um, now less really? people are dying. They're they're, yeah, putting restrictions so on. It. What free ones going to go for twenty minutes? Something fifteen minutes? Well, I don't know how long did it go for. See, this is the thing we don't know how long we've been recording for. No clue. Been, yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I stopped. I started my chronograph, then I stopped it again. Oh, that was... uh, well done. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay. That's what a chronograph's for. Paul, yeah, yeah. Paul, you started your. No, you didn't even have a chronograph. So you said you were starting your timer. <laughs> My, my timer, well, I don't have an obsession with marking time based on what I'm doing, um, uh, but so I, I, I don't have no idea. I think we've been on for about 20 minutes. <laughs> right, okay. So uh, we'll just keep going. Hour, it must be a half hour limit, maybe. When it drops out, we'll just start again, basically. So anyway, Paul, you should do, a, I think you should do a podcast 
I've had yeah many people who listened to your episode with us and really enjoyed it. And I, probably too many people said that you had a very sexy voice. And considering oh. only ten percent of the our listeners are are female, and probably half of that ten percent is my mum, and she hasn't <laughs> said, she hasn't said that about your voice yet. Thankfully, um, it, it well, worries me how many people have said you get a sexy voice. Just promise me that if your mother does pass that comment, you'll you'll let me know, won't you? Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. She tries not to listen too much. I think like um, Rob's Rob's wife, she doesn't like to listen because it gives her cause for concern. I think is I think that was her. Was where <laughs> doesn't give her cause for concern. I don't know if my mum's ever listened to it. Though. I don't think she'd even know what a podcast was. I have a question. If if right. if, if we'll st- we're, let's go with you, Alex, first. Yeah. Um. If if you were um to spend the rest of your life. Uh, in total isolation, f- for example, on a desert island. Let's let's do the desert island thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you had everything that you needed to survive and so forth, uh, but you could only take one watch. Which one would it be? One of the watches that I already have or one watch? No, just one watch. Any watch. Any watch. Any watch. Um, money, no object. Money, no object. Doesn't really matter, really. And you don't need it to survive. I don't need it, but I can't ever have it serviced or replace the battery on it. So it'd have to be some kind of, <laughs> it'd have to be some kind of solar Daniel Wellington citizen thing or something. Then, right? No, you can get the battery replaced. That's part of it. What you can you can, you can get it We're serviced. trapped in a desert island. Yeah, you can service it you yourself. Got, you got a little bench there. You got everything I you need have. to service it. You're oh, trapped yeah. on. Her. Desert Island with all the shit that you need to service watch. Okay. <laughs> it's a tricky one. Probably go for some old 5513 or something, some uh, old Submariner. That has a bit of charm to it on a Jubilee bracelet, something that I could wear all the time and would get kind of worn and beaten up and but would would I could I could look at it and it would trick my mind into thinking that I was living some tropical playboy existence rather than i'm just trapped in isolation on a horrible island there you go that's logical that makes sense to me <laughs> what a depressing answer that was though fucking hell okay rob come on <laughs> bring this back no, i'm kind of i'm kind of thinking no I, I can't i'm hopeless at this these sort of things i can't think on the spot and when i do i'm so indecisive my brain just goes into lockdown. I just, I just, just, I just freeze. My brain freezes. Okay, You're not okay, locked okay. into this decision, though. You can change it. Later yeah, no, on. no, it, it's it's a pride thing. I, once I say it, I mean, I've got to, I've got to do it. I mean, you know, just in case. Now, if tomorrow I do end up on desert island, then I've got to do that. I mean, it's, you know. Yeah, um, but it's okay. But it's not that it's... bad because Paul's got to come along and set up all the workbench and stuff for you to do to do it all. <laughs> he's got he's got a really hard job to do. Uh, uh probably. I'd have to go. I mean, as much as I'm not a Rolex fanboy, I don't like Rolex much. In that sort of situation, probably just for myself, I would. I'd want something you could whack a fish over the head with or something, or you know, the kill thing. I'm going to Sea Dweller, maybe because it's just solid as, and it's uh, as much as I don't. I don't like them. I wouldn't have them in a normal life if I was stuck on an island. Yeah, possibly uh, like a, a Sea Dweller, but not the James Cameron one because that'd be too much of a cliche. <laughs> but not the, James Cameron. Just a red text Sea Dweller standard. That'd do me. I think. Uh, and I'll, I'll probably never buy one of those in like my normal real life. Yeah, I don't know. See, I don't know. And then, and then, I'll, and then I'll, I'll be kicking myself in an hour's time thinking, I oh, should have said that, should have said that, should have said that. No, yeah. wrong, wrong decision. Wrong, wrong, wrong. But that gives us something to talk about in the next episode. True. We <laughs> you can say, listen, just can... a couple of uh, things I want to... Adjustments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Paul. What, what about you, you? Paulie? Oh, I just, I take the Willard. I take the Willard. Yeah, good choice, probably. 
I'll see that later for breakfast. But does that mean yeah. we're living our lives wrong if we don't have the watch on us yeah. already that we would wear in that existence? There you yeah. go. There Paul's you go. The only one living the dream. Yeah. There you yeah. go. I mean, I think it's the technology is astounding, but the 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 amount of pressure that these you know high end uh, professional diving watches, the pressures that they can take. Mm. I mean, had a little bit of contact with with diving with the sat diving operations that used to happen offshore before the men were replaced with uh, ROVs, and um, I mean that like the sea dweller, for example. I used to I used to write letters to my mum. You know, 20 years ago on the rig, when, when you, you know, you got a coffee in the, in the galley, you got the old non-biodegradable styrofoam white cups, the, the, the old ones. Remember the old ones? And um, I'd write a letter to mum with a ballpoint pen all around the outside of, of the cup. And then I'd put it in a plastic bag and I would tape it to the side of the bell that the guys would go, the diving bell, there was two bells and a hyperbaric chamber so they could transfer from um, the, the working bell to the chamber and stay at uh, working pressure and so on. And I'd, I'd, I'd take the bag with the cup in it with the letter to mum to the bell and it would come back from, oh, you know, tremendous depths, like, you know, 15 atmospheres. And the pressure would, would not just crush it, it would shrink it because of the nature of the plastic. And it would come back smaller than a thimble but perfectly as it was when it was at, at its original size. And with a loop on, you could read it. Wow. And it was like hard plastic. And I'd whack it in an envelope and I'd mail it to my mother. And, and she would sit there uh, with, with a loop on reading, reading this letter from, from me. How weird is that? Quite weird. It's <laughs> brilliant. Uh, can I change my choice now? Can I change it back to a, a Pelagos? Because I have a Pelagos. I'm living the dream. No, no, it's too late. Yeah, no, 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 too, to... I'm going to cut this out uh, anyway because we're right at the end of the one minute. So yeah, we're right at the end, end of our thing. I'm going to be I've able got to. A story, wait a minute, but what, I'm going to wait until this cuts out. No, I was going to say saying less than a minute. How long does this less than a minute go on for? Mm, yeah, any minute now, any second now. It adds a sense of urgency. I think it was quite exciting that I felt like for the first time in a long time I felt alive. Like I had a sense to go out and chug the rest of this wacky changi down, regardless of whether I, I bleed out later on in the night. But yeah, it's interesting. You guys just really go on without me. Yeah, well, we couldn't. I felt like I was in the yeah. middle of like some great spiel, and then just I was cut off. It was. <laughs> I thought you were just dying, bleeding to death, or something. You were dying a slow death. So I didn't want to worry too worried. Yeah, there's not much you can do when you're that far no, away. No, exactly. What can you do on the other side yeah. of the country? No yeah. point worrying yourself about it. Yeah. Moving right along. <laughs> he's dead or he's not dead. Okay, he's not dead this time. Oil and gas guys often have Rolex, right? For that, for the reason that they can basically cash them in or, or get out of wherever they are or wherever in some dodgy you know, country. Yeah, well, not so much nowadays, but in the past when I, when I was growing up, it was a bit of a cliche that, that offshore hands had a Rolex um, in case they had to buy their way much the same reason that that when when we're involved in a war um they give our troops gold sovereigns to sew into the collars of their gear a strip of coins that's sewn into their kit somewhere that, that so they can barter their way over a border or or get out of trouble if they need to rolex provided that to oil and gas workers back in the day because it doesn't matter what's going on a coup a jihad a war an insurrection all that stuff could kick off and and the drilling always goes on regardless and you know, I think the, the most recent uh, event 
that where I know people that were caught up in it, up in it was in Libya. When was that? Five years ago? There was a... Longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, I mean, there was a, there's a ton of drilling infrastructure over there and a whole bunch of guys got caught out, got caught up in the middle of it. And Rolexes were flogged. So we need to get to Libya. We need to get to some kind of conflict zone so we can pick up these things below retail. I think that's the, <laughs> that's the only way to beat the waiting list for modern or, well, it sports often Rolex. Com- it often comes with the hand. Just <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. good <laughs> souvenir. <laughs> and nowadays, you're you're saying it's, it's all like it's all it's all it's all, it's all modern. It's not like it was, right? I mean, the good old days and the old rigs and the old hands, the old guys doesn't exist. Those those characters, um, all those guys that came up when oil and gas was just ruled by fucking nutcases uh, with carte blanche. You know, you could get get the well drilled, and anything goes. They're all they're all gone. The last the last downturn in oil and gas saw saw most of them leave, and and the current situation, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to turn into. Everyone's a twenty eight year old drilling engineering graduate. It's it's all automated systems nowadays. Fly by wires. Directional drillers don't go offshore anymore. They actually drill the well from the office. It's it's all computers and algorithms. And the, when the guy on the break, the the driller, when the driller was controlling all of that infrastructure, everything that the drill string was doing, all of the rotary steerable tools, that took that was an art. That took skill, proper skill sets. Three miles of drill pipe hitting a target the size of a a hay bale, you know, amazing. Horizontal Sounds quite drilling. easy though. Size of a hay bale, I think. Like, I don't know much about this. It's obviously it's outside my normal um, kind of realm, but I, I don't know. It sounds a lot easier than you're making it out. Yeah, you've you've uh, you've read the book, of course, Alex. You've read Paul's I, first I book. I haven't I haven't finished it yet. Um, I oh, did I have to. I did have to take. It. I did have to. No, no, I did have to take a, a moment after Joe passed uh, away and joy. actually um mm. you're lucky i'm even speaking to you after that paul because as an animal lover uh i don't know it's kind of it's a bit sorry a bit a bit sad but i mean i oh, am yeah. enjoying the book i enjoyed the book from the very beginning when i saw the the, the thing you'd written on the on the inside <laughs> I, apart from the don't get the clap part which as far as i'm aware you can only get the clap once so <laughs> i think i'm good but actually i was gonna say when i was reading the book i was thinking i should Rob have his own book? <laughs> Do you think? I think we have you've Rob talked about this. this. Yeah, I thought you might have. Mm. But in, if you're going to capture, if Rob's going to capture the essence of Rob in, in book form, it would have to be like pop up and scratch and sniff. It, it, you'd have to open it. It would need to play like the Benny Hill music. <laughs> I'm working just, on the, the pop up bits, actually. Yeah, that, I, would that's just, my I would like him to have a book so that then eventually when it's turned into a movie, and then at the end of the movie where they're like, here he is now, this is the sad existence he has, then I can be in that bit. Like, he's just doing, he's doing internet podcasts. He used to jet set around the world. Now he's doing internet podcasts with some drunk Scotsman who wears a dressing gown and has four cats. How sad. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, I think there's quite enough material. I didn't know 20 years or so, and I, don't, I haven't lived an adventurous enough life, so I... Bollocks, you have. I might, a comic. I might do a comic. A pop up, pop up might be okay. A graphic novel. A graphic novel, Rob. A graphic novel. You did like three That's hours on the first podcast with me, I think, and that was just watchmaking. And since stuff. then, I've had zip, nothing to say. You had the whole thing there, Dave, when you're talking about the flying over the place and discounting Richard Meals. And I uh, think, yeah, but yeah. That's, yeah. 
Well, yeah. Listen, yeah, I think yeah, if there was yeah. any watchmaker who had to write a book, I think your one would be the most entertaining. I don't know that I'd want to read anyone else's one. <laughs> it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be very long, but it could be entertaining. It'd be, it wouldn't yeah. be one chapter, but yeah. You're, you're, you're often very self-deprecating and you're a dark horse, I think. Well, there's, got... a, there's a reason I haven't done anything, but, I'll, but don't worry, I'm working on it. <laughs> we just need to work on a title for it. I'm not, yeah, I'm not okay. buying it. I've got stories up there, yin-yang. <laughs> okay, well, it sounds like we've pretty much run out of puff for the watches. What about motorbikes? <laughs> Or something else. You talk to them about bikes. Paul, come on. You've done some pretty wake, weird and wacky things on bikes. Oh, uh, well, well, what can I tell you about motorcycles? Um, it's an obsession like anything else. Like you guys are obsessed with watches. I'm obsessed with, with bikes and, and going fast, which is a drug. Alex, are you a bike guy? You're, you're, you're kind of actually a car guy. I mean, I've become a car guy, I have to say. I mean, I'm into cars. Or I was, was before I got kids and got married. Uh, I did the way around. Do you, are you are you a bike guy at all, Alex? I've got my or bike license. More... Yep. Okay. But I and I would love to be a bike guy. I really would love to be a bike guy. And when I got after well, I got my license by mistake, but then actually when I went to do my training course after that, because my wife said you can't have your license but not have ridden a bike before, I I really really enjoyed it and I was desperate to get a bike. But then I stupid I did that stupid thing where you go on YouTube and you look up world's worst motorcycle accidents and then so i was in my bed for about a month after that just crying and (laughs) it's difficult to it's difficult to kind of see past that and i I do actually anytime now any uh, younger watchmakers and stuff at work anytime somebody says i'm thinking about getting a motorbike i always say to them okay go and watch just go and look up on youtube world's worst motorcycle accidents and then if you watch those you still want to get a bike after that then i give you my full blessing that's terrible you should be telling them go go and do it live, live your dream go no one go and yeah you know everyone you don't have to write yourself off just because you have a bike no no but i think to, i think it's it's um i guess it'd be the same if you looked up probably if you looked up world's worst car crashes it'd probably be the same thing but there's just something a bit <laughs> there's just something a bit more fucked about the motorbike ones when you see people hitting things and they just like fly up into the air and then they, they just never seem to come back down again. You just think, where, where did they go? So, um, yeah, I would like to, I would, I would still, I think more about it now, now that I live in, in the center of Melbourne and there's less kangaroos and mm. stuff to hit, I do think about it more. And You've it got the haircut. And the, and the I do, I've got the hair for it. I've got the, the mm. jeans for it. Mm. Alex, I you right now leaning on a nice custom like a bonneville at a cafe just looking surly and indifferent about your personal hygiene and glancing every now and again at your watch while you sip on a foamy latte and make small talk with some waitress oh god that sounds sexy as fuck i like the sound of that already in a kilt yeah. in a kilt yeah oh, arse blowing in the wind oh god yeah wonderful Got your seat upholstered in the traditional Colvin tartan. <laughs> yeah. You should get into motor, a, motorcycle sales. That's a good idea. Is there a Colvin tartan? I wonder if there's a Colvin tartan. Oh, God. That, okay, so my dad was uh, in the reserve military. And my grandfather on my mum's side described him as a bit of a kind of Walter Mitty type. He was in the TA, the Territorial Territorial. Yeah, but he was in Reserve Air Force. And he mm. would always, he'd done all this research on the, on the family 
the family line, the bloodline of, of the Colvins. And he tracked it back to a place in France called Colville. So he said these a group of <laughs> a group of mercenaries came over from France and fought for the Grant clan. And the name went from I think it was De Colville to Colville to Colvin. And yeah, so there was this group of kind of badass French people, which sounds a bit wrong straight away, badass French people, but maybe they were all kind of Jean Reno types from from uh, the film <laughs> Leon. And so anyway, they came over to all these assassins and mercenaries and then they fought for the grant clan and then eventually the grant clan said you can wear our tartan so we can wear the Ooh. grant tartan it's a tartan that looks like somebody's vomited it up so it's not <laughs> but that's the one we're allowed to wear and see you now in the tailor going i'm needing a i'm needing a colvin cravat <laughs> it's the, the color i think the color's called bacon and eggs vindaloo <laughs> it's, it's, you're not far off you're not far off with that description Oh, I, I love thought it. you were, but the, the, the Bothwell, the Earl of Bothwell. I thought you were had, you know, you're in that line. I'm not, line. I'm not eligible for that. Talk, I'm afraid, Rob. I reckon you are. I reckon you could. You're the 16th Earl of Bothwell or whatever. You come from Bothwell. You must. People are saying that place. a lot now because because you keep on saying it on the podcast. <laughs> you're the, he's the excellent. He doesn't say it. He's, he's a dark horse. Our Alex. He's our Alex. He's he's the 16th Earl of Bothwell. I don't you've ever heard of him, Paul. He was um he was the fourth Earl of Bothwell's the guy that married um Mary Queen of Scots. Uh, that right? third husband he was also the first duke of orkney and that was you know 480 years ago but if you come back a few generations now we're down to the 16th or so that's what alex has just been he's just that's why he's over here he's just living sort of undercover um, <laughs> he's doing a good job of it he's working for so Daniel undercover Wellington. yeah deep 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 undercover deep deep, deep cover deep undercover <laughs> at least you, well yeah okay at least you can you got a tartan i haven't <laughs> Everyone in Australia is eligible for some kind of tartan, I'm sure. They have to be. Yeah. yeah Everyone's got a guess. Scottish granny or something. Paul, what's Why your tartan? <laughs> my, my tartan's more of a Prince of Wales check, I'm afraid. Uh, okay. There's no, there is no... Uh... There must be something, though, right? You said you would, hold, you would spend time in Scotland. Like everyone in the UK can basically, they can claim, if they go, far, go back far enough, you can claim, claim a tartan, I think. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I, interesting. No, I don't, I don't think there is one. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure. Alex. This is as unacceptable as your answer to what is the greatest war film of all time, okay? You need to do some more research. Do some work. Come back to us. <laughs> by the time you come back for episode three i want a new war movie and a your family tartan okay my family my family tartan from now on we're doing wrist checks drink checks tartan checks Ch tartan uh, I, we do have a tartan that looked like my granny's curtains if ken Dong threw up on them it wouldn't be attractive <laughs> it's pretty much all tartans though can i say something my yeah. family's from the other end of the country right down in the point of cornwall and so they're as far from the Scots as they could possibly get. And it's probably not for nothing but down there. And they wouldn't have tartans down there. I mean, you know, what do you mean? They were born and bred there. They were there since some Neanderthals. They never went up to Scotland. What do you mean? What do you mean yeah. your family is from Cornwall? Exactly what I said. Your they mum and dad both Ruth. came over from. I'm talking about my, my dad's family. Okay. Yeah, so what about dad's. the other side? Ah, oh, they're Bennett's. Yeah, they're probably Scottish. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. You mean the yeah. McTavishes? Oh, we don't talk about the McTavishes, Alex. <laughs> that's that's the part of our history we're trying to get away from, laddie. 
That's a good point, actually. Hmm. Yeah, I'd look up that. I think they were French mercenaries. Yeah. Yeah. Cornish mercenaries. <laughs> Cornish pasties, more like. Cornish pasty, right? And a jugular. Yeah. Don't want that. We didn't get far on the motorbikes. Alex, I think, I think seriously now, get yourself a motorcycle. I think you should too. I think you should get yourself a motorcycle because it, does, it doesn't matter who you are or what you do. Motorcycles leave you altered. You're less subdued. And the better you get over time, the more you can take. And once you know you can handle a, a, a bike, you know, in the middle of everything, you know, Mother Nature and short-sighted motorists throw at you, you exude this quiet Alex confidence. And your colleagues <laughs> will notice a change, but they won't quite put their finger on it until they see you on your bike. What about when you come off, though? Just I'm not talking about a flying up into the air, world's worst motorcycle crash thing, but what about you, when you just come off a little bit? Because everyone comes off a little bit, right? If you, if you buy a bike, you, you will fall off, right? Yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. falls off. So it's it's how you fall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Example, right? Yeah, I've, I've fallen off loads of times. And every time I've fallen off, it's because I was either showing off, uh, I was pushing myself beyond my ability as a rider, or I was, I was pissed. Combinations of all three. And the, and the worst one, the, the most embarrassing one, uh, wasn't the most painful one, but that was leaving Hall Street in, in Bondi. And I was parked up, back wheel against the curb. I was a single man then. And there was an Italian waitress busting tables in this, in this coffee place right in the middle of Hall Street. And we would flirt with one another. I was you know, sipping my latte, leaning on my bike, trying to be silly and indifferent. And uh, she came out and, uh, and she said, that's a nice motorbike. And I, I was a new one. It was this Kawasaki Desert Sled, beautiful bike. And because it was new and I'd had a custom paint job put on it, I'd gone for a walk and I'd put a lock. It's, a, it's like a padlock that goes through the holes in the front disc mm-hmm. so that the bike can't rotate because the padlock will hit the front fork. And that comes with a, a telescopic elastic thing that you're supposed to put on the handlebar to remind you that you've put a lock on. <laughs> but it looks you can see where this naff. is going, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looked a bit naff, so I didn't use it. And she's like waving and I'm throwing the helmet on. And uh, this bike had an electric starter, but you could also kick it. So naturally I kicked it because I wanted to look cool. So I primed it, kicked it, <laughs> revved it. She's smiling and she says, ciao. And I go, ciao. And I smashed it, just dropped the clutch, spanned the wheel off the curb, skidded out into the middle of the road. I got about, yeah, I got a full rotation. And, and uh, I went over the handlebars, time slowed down. And I'm flying over the top of this mo- face first into the middle of Hall Street. And then the bike landed on top of me. And I'm flailing in the street with this bike going, <laughs> The pipes are burning my back. And people rushed. They fucking dropped their sandwiches and they pulled the bike off me. And I got a golf clap while I got back on the bike. <laughs> and it, it forked the bent and it, the wheels wobbling. And I rode off and, and all these, it was the middle of summer. A couple of hundred people were, yeah, yeah. Got back to the house. I, I didn't jump on that bike for two months. I didn't go anywhere near that coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, happy days. You're really selling this. Yeah. <laughs> One of the guys, one of the watch, one of the watchmakers at work had a, a very small accident recently. It wasn't bad. A woman slammed on the brakes in front of him, and he kind of went into the back of her a little, a little bit. Not too bad. Damaged his bike a bit, but he was, and I think he hit his hand. But I think he was, he was okay. 
but he was really, really, I shouldn't be laughing. I'm so sorry, Chris, if you're listening to this. So probably don't listen to this from now on. Um, but yeah, he just, he was sitting there at his bench for a while and he wasn't saying anything. And I was checking in on him. And then eventually he just broke down in, in tears and had had to go home. He had a real kind of, yeah, little kind of emotional, yeah, emotional, emotional breakdown. Um and he was fine guy, afterwards. Right? Yeah, he's a he's yeah, he's fine. That he's One of his first now. little bingles, I think. Yeah, right. The worst part was then I started a rumor by telling everyone in the workshop that he'd also shit himself. Um, <laughs> but Chris, you're probably just hearing this. <laughs> so that's why everyone's been looking at you weird. It's not because you crashed your your bike. Uh, and I'm sorry about I'm sorry about that as well. But I did tell you to stop listening earlier. Uh, but yeah, he was really shook up by it. And now he's back on his bike now, but I think maybe you need a little accident like that just to get your mind right and uh, be a bit less. Yeah, maybe, yeah, to get you on the, on the, I don't know what my little first accident was. I tried to ride under a taxi, um, <laughs> but it didn't work. I think you that tried. was my first one. Well, I didn't really try, try. I thought I could, there was any way out. There was no way out. It was, yeah, Sydney again. Sydney does that to you. Sydney's terrible. You Gosh. can't see the taxis. Yeah, military road, you know, neutral bay. You know the you know the one. Paul, yeah. you've been up there hundreds of times probably. But now the Vespa, safe as houses, mate. You just gotta you have to you have to take it easy a little bit because there's some mad drivers over here. My goodness. The Perth drivers just take it to a next level. Should you not get like the wakachangi stuff all emblazoned over your your Vespa? Like it one of those wraps that people get. Yeah. Just for the fun of it. Never yeah. mind sponsoring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I reckon if I drink enough of there, hang on, look at the bottle now. If I peel enough of these stickers off and stick them on, it'll be the same thing, really. Same effect. Well, actually, I've been saving the boxes from the six packs so I can create a Wakachangi wall. Have you? Yeah. But then I realized I don't really need to. I thought it'd be a great backdrop, but then we don't do YouTube videos. So I can mention (laughs) it in our podcast. (laughs) I do. I I should do some here. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Put them next to my Geneva Blue signs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Okay. Give me something to work on. Do you want to hear a funny story? Always. It was my uh, 23rd birthday and uh, I was on a drilling rig and um, they decided to P&A the well, plug and abandon the well. So the whole crew were sent uh, at last minute notice on a chopper to our staff house, um, which was in, I won't mention the country, but it was in, it was in Southeast Asia. And uh, so eight guys are in this staff Why can't you mention the country? You'll understand. Right, <laughs> and so we're, we're we're there, and they're they're waiting for their various flight confirmations for them to, you know, we're all in the wind when we get off the rig. Some guys go back to the UK, some are in the states, some are in Australia, Canada, you name it. So they're all waiting. It's about twenty four hours to kill before their flights to rotate home are confirmed. So we're all sort of stuck in this staff house, and uh, we got some alcohol, and we got some drugs, and uh, it was my birthday. And one of the guys on the crew change was the camp boss, the 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 chef. And uh, so bless his heart, he went, he went to a supermarket and he, he baked me a birthday cake. Uh, we were all drinking, enjoying the sun. And I got back into the house and there's this awesome cake. And it was really nice because I was the youngest guy on the crew. And you know, I even sang happy birthday and had some cake. And then much later, much later in the day, I'm uh, spotting hash on the stove with a butter knife. And uh, I passed out on the, on the kitchen lino. Woke up some hours later and the rig electrician had taken all my clothes off. <laughs> and he'd, he'd 
tape me to the floor with like 50 rolls of 100 mile an hour tape. And I'd li- I was lying on my back. And so I, I woke up and thought, oh God, I'm, I'm par- paralyzed. And then I realized that I was taped to the floor and one of the guys took pity on me and he, he, he got a knife and ran the edge of the blade around my body. And then I went into the shower and proceeded to rip all the hair out of my, off my chest. It was unpleasant. And then I went back into the, into the kitchen. And at this stage, I had the munchies. I was so hungry. I opened up the fridge and there's like a super mousse, a urine sample, half a can of empty Coke and a, and a teacup with some, with some eggs in it. And I thought, oh, okay. So the camp boss had a couple of eggs left over. He was cracking, you know, all the eggs into a bowl and he had a few left over. I'm going to eat them. So I got a frying pan out and I put the frying pan on the stove and I got the teacup with the cracked eggs in it and I threw them in the pan and and they and they wouldn't fry they they just they just they just sat there bubbling they didn't you know what i mean they didn't turn white like an egg does when it hits a hot skillet it just they're bubbling at me and i couldn't understand it and i ran into the lounge room panicked and and red and swollen and sore and i'm i'm nearly in tears and i grabbed erwin and i said ernie i got these eggs they won't they won't fucking fry, man. And he walked, he walked into the kitchen and he looked, looked in the pan. And he said, Paulie, they're apricot halves and syrup. <laughs> so they never did fry. Uh, <laughs> much, much later, I, I omitted one part of the story, and, and that is that uh, some enterprising gentleman decided to um, defecate on my chest while I was passed out in that position. <laughs> well, this is where it comes a family show. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I, d- I discovered much later which individual did that, and I thought, okay, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll shelve that, and my moment will come. And it was years later. I'll say, I don't know, I can't remember. Maybe, uh, maybe five, six years later, this guy moves to Surrey Hills in Sydney, and he buys the new Holden Monaro sports car. It was orange, and it was a big deal because they hadn't made a Monaro. It might have been around 1990. Three monster sports cars, a big deal. And he, he's, he spent a bunch of money on this thing. And it's, it's orange and it's parked outside his, his little suburban terrace there in Surrey Hills. And um, he was having a birthday party. It was his, uh, I think it was his 30th. And I, I was there at the time. So I got an invite and there a bunch of guys from the crew turned up. And we're having a nice time. And I thought, now's my chance. Vengeance is mine. And I, I figured out where he hid the keys. And I waited. <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this. And I got the keys and I thought, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to take a dump in his car. So there, there were alcohol and drugs involved. And I'll say that anybody with half a brain would have shat in some sort of receptacle and then placed the turd in the car. And you're in and you're out, you're done. The keys are back on the hook and no one's the wiser. But no, I went out on the streets, very drunk, and, and proceeded to step out of my tweeds. <laughs> Fuck them up and pop them on the bonnet, and then I opened the passenger door, opened the glove box, climbed into into the car, and wound the passenger seat back as far as it would go, and then stood on the seat in the reverse position with my bottom over the open glove box door, and I'm crowning, right? I'm I'm I'm, I'm happening. And he comes out to show someone the car and catches me. And this vicious fist fight ensues. And the only reason that man didn't hospitalize, he's ex-army. The only reason I didn't end up literally just dead on the street is because I'd started and couldn't stop. (laughs) So I ended up chasing him through his own home. 
oh, hey, there you go. I've gone too far. There you go. There's some good visuals there for you. So, oh, too much. Did you, were, too many were you able, did you succeed though? Yeah, I, I, there, yeah, I did. I'll say, I'll say that's confirmed. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's a good job. Yeah. I like that you, like, um, I was going to say revenge is a dish best served cold, but it sounds like the shit was pretty warm when it was left. So I'm not sure yeah. what, the, uh, I'm not sure what the correct term is for it. But yeah, good, good job. <laughs> are you happy, Rob, that things are going? Uh, oh, things so are going so great. Yeah. Tonight? So glad we got Paul back. I knew this, I knew, I knew it was going to just go, it's going to get better and better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me have another. Let me have the next Waka Changi. That's all right. I'm, I'm no. gonna go get my third minute. So tonight's gonna be the the episode's gonna be called, I guess, shitting authors with Paul Carter since we had masturbating <laughs> monkeys the last time. Oh no! Uh, goodness me. Okay, whatever you want to call it, really. Uh, just leave me out of it. I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> I, don't, I have no stories. See, I, I can't write a book. I got no stories. You do. You, I know you have stories, but because your wife listens to the podcast, you don't want to. You don't want to say I don't anything. Know if she actually does. I don't know if she, it's not. Yeah, and you're thinking it's not worth the risk, right? Oh well, no, no, no. I, we didn't. We just got. Um, for that sort of thing, we would just be happy to buy a dead fish and put it in the guys. You know, hide it deep in the in the in the, in the ventilation system or something of the car. I did that. If the guys, if the guys shit on your chest, that's that's how you would retaliate. I, I well, there was one guy where we wanted to really yeah retaliate for some stuff, but we didn't. We never really. I don't know. We weren't sick enough. I guess. I don't know. I, I, it, I didn't. I never worked on oil rig. That's my problem. It is that an, an eye for an eye though in that situation. I don't think. I agree. It's in your chest. I don't think you can just yeah put a halibut yeah. on their chest. I don't think that's going to be there. Slap <laughs> them with a wet fish. Yeah, that's yeah. 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 yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, good. Okay, that's that's the bike story. <laughs> yeah, how did we lead on to that from from motorcycles? Mm. Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll get myself a motorbike for right, my fortieth instead of a instead of a roller. I think you should. I think you should. Do you know, yep. Alex? Seriously, what you should what you should consider getting if you want to use it as a commuter uh, in 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 uh, in the city is the the great the the brilliant um, Honda. Posty bike has just been re-released. Re-released? Yes, the the CT one ten is 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 just bulletproof. It's a brilliant bike for commuting, and it's it's just so good. And Honda's re-released it. It's now a it's now one two five cc. It's very very easy to ride, and they've bolstered the uh, suspension system and the frame. And it's uh, that's what I would get. What a brilliant motorcycle! You can't go wrong with that thing. It's got a low center of gravity. It's just, it's just brilliant, mate. It, you can still kickstart it. It'll never let you down. That's what I would get. That was going to be my project, isn't it? Wasn't it? It's yeah, we talked about the posty bike yeah. before on, on past past ones. But the posty bike, I, I was in my imagination. I was I was looking so sexy in the the what do you say Triumph Bonville or something from earlier on, and now I'm in one of these fucking the cafe posty, posty bikes, <laughs> looking like a total twat. Yeah, no, you won't. You'll look just as <laughs> provocative on a postie. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. Get a bottle. Yeah. And then plus my postie with the tartan tartan seat on it. Yeah. What is this yeah. called? This is this the CRF one two five? Is that it? C T one two five. It's a great bike. I'd buy one. They're great. They're great. One two five. Yeah. Uh, they're it's 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 even more of a scooter than my scooter. It's it's a proper scooter. 
but I was more of a, I was much, much more of a car guy. Was when I say was you know, in Europe, I just can't, like, the, the bikes. I didn't really, I mean, I always could ride a bike, I don't mind, but yeah, I've always been too much of a wuss, I suppose. Isn't it just the same level of danger on a moped? Oh, you mean you, you, yeah, kind of. Uh, on a decent scooter, you'll get you'll you'll in town. You'll do as fast as on a bike, anyway, I suppose. But. Yeah, and most of the threats from people hitting you or you hitting things, like it's, surely it's not going to be that much of a difference. Being, I guess, no, it, I yeah. guess it will. Like you can be dead or or very, very, very dead. God, Paul, this <laughs> this this new Honda, <laughs> revamped Honda, still looks fucking terrible. It doesn't it's an awesome I would I would laugh at someone if I saw that. I know I laugh at a lot of people. I would you would laugh at me. Actually the grey one's okay looking. I think. <laughs> it's got it's growing on me already. This is yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Uh no, it looks terrible. I hate the exhaust all the way up the side. It, no. That's what they used to be like. Oh running out of time again. There's gonna be we're gonna drop out. Yeah, yeah, we've got to keep going and make the best of it. And talk it's a because lot you guys took, took too long to um, come back on the last time. I think it starts from as soon as I get in. Oh, really? It starts straight away, yeah. Mm, okay. But the sense of urgency mm. is gone from the first time. That yeah, it's off. Like the yeah. first time it was really, it was a lot more exciting. And now it's just like, oh, we, we, we know we can live through that. Not a- Fine. <laughs> what a schmozzle. Doesn't quite have the same flow, does it? <laughs> Basically. Uh, what am I doing here? Looking for my... Uh... Did you send him directly the links, the numbers? No, or... I don't have his number. Oh, really? Yeah. I... Did you sent it to him before, right? Yeah, I forwarded it last time. Yeah. Jeez, no, I didn't do anything. I just, I just, I thought you must have sent it to both of us. Oh no! Okay, that's another five minutes gone. Holy moly! Yeah, we've got to go get over there and freaking get Zencast on his laptop. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Well, basically. Basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yep. Yep. Oh. Uh, okay. We might have gone forty-five minutes actually last time, almost. We well, might be forty. So that's where the uh, five minutes. I think we've had like thirty, thirty. Yeah. Oh, okay. And can you have you been able to save the recording though? You recording already? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what are we talking about again? Oh, he'll turn up one day. Maybe. Uh, Maybe sick of it. The bikes, cars. I want to talk about cars. Well, we can talk about cars. Yeah, we're supposed uh, to talk about watches, but we've, we... Yeah. It doesn't matter. We can do whatever the fuck we like. People don't exactly tune into this for... It's not like we... Like, there's all these... <laughs> people don't exactly tune in anyway, you mean? Yeah. Okay. No, pe- people, people, people do tune in, but... It's not like people people don't tune in to hear us talking about the latest. It's like new watches come out all the time and we never discuss it. So people do not tune in to hear whatever's the latest thing that's happening in the watch thing. True. They turn Mm. up to listen to me complain about how the watch industry's fucked and then you to talk about your stories from the olden days and then Paul (laughs) talk about shitting in someone's car. That's what people tune in for. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if you want to talk about mm-hmm. cars, go for it. No, no, I, 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 I don't I, want it. I've got, nothing, I've got nothing to talk about now. Um, no, I, I drive. I drive a four, a, a soft, soft, soft off roader, four wheel drive, people mover, basically. So it's very exciting stuff. Yeah. What? A soft <laughs> off roader, 
a soft road, I, call it a soft road or a cross road, road or something like that. What do you call it? I, I don't know, Rob. I just I heard you refer to your car as a soft off-roader. You mean like <laughs> I was looking at like name a, an SUV, like a people mover? Yeah, 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 kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. I mean, I heard of these cool cars in, in, in Switzerland on awesome roads and, and no kids and stuff. And now I'm just, I'm just a family man. I'm just, you know, so just, I'm just cruising along in my old, but that's what a scooter's for, to have fun, mucking around, cruising around up and down, <laughs> going through, dodging through the traffic, weaving through the traffic. I had a nice, I had a couple of nice cars. You had an Aston, didn't you? Yeah, I had an Aston and I had a, a Jaguar. You a flash bastard. I said that earlier. Mm. I was right. Flash bastard. <laughs> that was a nice, and that was like, Oh, that thing was like slipping in. That was like slipping into a warm bath. It was. It was, was like the Aston. No, the the Aston was like slipping into a warm leather hot tub full of coked up cheerleaders. That's what that car. Oh was like. god, that sounds great. Can we do that for my birthday? Mm. <laughs> Rob, yeah, you, I yeah, don't think you. You. I don't think you'll be allowed to come, Rob. But I don't what. I don't think oh, you'll be allowed to to attend. Party papers. Yeah. Well, no, not if there's any. No, 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 no. What Aston was it you had? I had a V8 Vantage. 2006. Ah, okay. I thought you'd have been maybe more uh, a kind of vintagey guy, but when the great Scottish designer Ian Callum penned the uh, the XKR mm -hmm. Jag, he did the XKR Jaguar. Um, That's right. Yeah. That, that came a few years earlier than that, and, and that was just that was just beautiful. And then mm -hmm. um, the uh, the V8. Vantage came out in 2004 or five, and it was kind of similar, but it it was it wasn't a GT. It didn't seat four people. It was just a it was a very traditional front-engined operated V8 two-seater manual sports car. It was nice, really nice. I like yeah, the look yeah. of that. Actually, it's nice, very nice. See, we're, we're past that now, Alex. You got all this in ahead of you. What? <laughs> why? Why? Why are you past the, that? Oh, well, we got families. It's over once you got once you got kids, and you know. I've never even had in suburbia. I've never had my own car. I've had company cars. I had my ex-wife's car, which I mentioned before in the podcast. I had my dad's it's cowboy boots in it that got burned down. <laughs> um, I had there was a a girlfriend I had that was really rich, and she had a nice kind of fleet of cars, including a the best kind, a, a Porsche a Porsche Boxster and a Range Rover and stuff like that. So I got to drive her cars, but I've never actually had, I've never had one car. You? Why would you? Yeah, yeah I suppose. Mm. Yeah. Well, and I, I had Germanic cars that were solid, you know, just, or German. Actually, not Germanic, not even <laughs> just Germanic, they were German. <laughs> but, um, but when you're living in Switzerland where, where it snows for a few months of the year, uh, it's nice to have a, I had quattros full of a bunch of quattros. I had a string of quattros. Yeah. Last couple being S4s and with various mods and stuff. And they were kind of, they were kind of nice, the, especially yeah, in the snow and, 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 and on, 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 on the freeway in the snow, when you, when you just flat out sideways, it's just brilliant. That's pretty much all we did. Every time it snowed, I'd just tear off looking for the nearest massively car park and just go, just, just cut it up. Just do circle work. <laughs> Ours, it's brilliant. My wife, I'd go, I'm, I'd say to my missus, I'd say, well, you're just taking the bins out, love. Whoop, gone, two hours later, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, so um, it was fun. fun, fun over there. But I don't see that the, the point of fast cars here is kind of lost on me a little. Not that I would, I mean, if I could afford one, sure, I'd probably have something reasonable. But um, over there, it's just so much more fulfilling, you know, to have a, have a decent car with those roads, which is yeah. why I bought my 
I bought my wife a Mini Cooper S um, when they first came out, the new ones with the, the supercharged ones. And I, um, we basically went off to the Mini showroom. I had already had a couple of decent fast Audis and like a year time for you to get a car. Um, she liked the look. I said, okay, you pick the color. I picked the rest. And she was happy with that. And we just got the most maxed out Cooper S we could get. And it was, um, and then I took that every weekend into the mountains because it was much more fun and less heavy than my, my cars. Why don't you get uh, something had, else like that? Well, I should. That's what I probably will. I wouldn't mind giving you like a little, I don't know, Fiat Cinco Cent 500. Yeah, I want, yeah, I want yeah. one of those Fiat 500s, a Barth or, yeah. or whatever. Like just if yes. you get something that's like a little go-kart, you don't need to be doing yeah, crazy country roads anyway. You just yeah, go around sure. a roundabout and you're having yep. just as much fun. Yeah. So. I've rented a couple of those. Three, actually. I, when my, every time someone came over, I'd rent one of them just to drive around for them. And I, when my last S4 got stolen at the front, I rented one of a 500. It wasn't quite the same, but it was, they're just such fun cars. Anything with like the go-kart sort of, yeah, um, dynamic. You should get a Morgan three-wheeler. <laughs> that's the yeah, only... I can see Alex in one of those. No, I was about to say the same thing about you. That's the only <laughs> next step you can take from the Vespa. That is such a good call, Paul. Great choice. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Great vehicle. What a... Uh, and you wear one of those hats, like the, the, is it the one that Sherlock Holmes wore? Was it a deer hunter, a deer stalker, or whatever, with the flaps that go over your ears? Oh, yeah, perfect. a deer stalker. Yeah. And, and flying goggles. Goggles. Little oh, year flying God. goggles. You've got to have them. Yeah. I have a mate in Brisbane with, who's that sort of guy. He's actually Irish, but um, he just loves, he's got a Morgan, not a three wheeler, but, three -wheeler, but um, just a typical old something, Morgan 8, whatever it is. And him and his wife just go out and he's got his old flying goggles on and his little um, leather hat. And they just cruise around Brisbane and they go on trips. They go up and down the coast. It's, it's awesome. But um, he's just a cool guy. Oh, I'm not that cool. I just want something. That yeah. Can't you get your old, old mate at Fire and Time? Or fire and Time? Called? Yeah. Get him yeah. to make you one. Isn't he? Uh, <laughs> can he make something <laughs> like that? <laughs> Troy. Troy, Yeah. yeah. We're not making a bomb. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe that could be one of our projects. Yeah, there's a lot of projects going on. My goodness. Well, what else are you making? You said you were enameling something the other day. Yeah. Oh, we did. Yeah. We're, we're bluing stuff. Oh, we're, we're doing black polish now. We're moving right along. We put a, uh, I'm, I'm going to mispronounce this. We put a Hubolt. <laughs> this is a watch podcast paul okay you need to yeah. pretend okay. you're qualified okay. to, to be on here although most people would appreciate that you you mispronounced it i think alex saw the photos the photos of before and after that hublot with oh, the, yeah. under the plasma we put a uh in a in the uh, plasma uh, plasma cutter and um destroyed it Real one, yeah, it's good. That wasn't a really a real one, but it might as well have been. It all the same. That's fun. That was good. That was uh, got the got the, got the crystal out. That's what we, that's what we're aiming to do. Uh, we've got to do some more of that. I want to just slice one in half. Looking for another hublot. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you another, another amusing anecdote. Go for a story. Tell us another anecdote. It's uh, approaching um, bedtime. I can hear the kids getting ready. The, I read to my son, middle of last year, the house next door had been there for, for, forever. It was, I guess it was built in the 50s and it had been empty for about a year. And um, it finally bulldozed 
this great big sort of massive block and, and they just cleared it. There were several resident rats uh, that lived in that, that house and they decided, oh, you know, there's Paul's place. We're going to, you know, move on in. And um, he made me jump. I was taking the rubbish out down the side of the house with, you know, the bags and I'm going to drop the bags in the, in the bin. And this thing was the size of a domestic cat. He was shiny and black and he was sculling a can of Coke. It was all running down his chest. Terrifying, made me jump. And he, I, we scared each other. And he leapt off the top of the bin. And when he hit the ground, there, there was, there's the weight to him. I, I'd say a good five kilos of, of rat hit the concrete and this panic sort of run. I was terrified he would run in my direction, but he, he went between the, the fence and the, and the back garden. And, oh, God, he made me jump. And I go back inside and tell my wife, fuck, there's a rat out, there's a rat, it's huge. And she said, stop exaggerating. I said, it's huge. A couple of days later, she's out the back and, and doing something and sees him. And it made her jump. And then, you know, another few days go by and I'm getting Sydney ready uh, to go to school. And I'm teaching him how to do his tie. And he's, he's ready to go and he's got his tie around his collar and he's yelling at me to come and help him with his tie. And I come rushing in and Sydney is standing at his bedroom window having this moment with the rat. This has been going on for a while and they formed this weird little symbiotic relationship. And so he's, he's named him Tony. I, I don't know why he, he came up. And I, I walked in and, and Tony's on the windowsill it was like they were. It, it was like someone being visited in prison. <laughs> you know, Tony. Tony was kind of pressed up against the glass, and Sydney's kind of mumbling to himself and, and ha having a little conversation. And I jumped, and Tony saw me and ran. And I said, "Sydney," and he goes, oh, it's just Tony, Dad." And I went, "Yeah, well, Tony's going to be sleeping with the fishes." And he said, "What do you mean?" I said, "I'm going to. I'm going to kill Tony." And, and I, you know, I told him why, and he, he was upset by that. And I said, "Well, I'm, mate, I'm really sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll get you a." a gerbil or something but tony's tony's gonna be dead by morning really dad I said yeah what's tony gonna be dead by morning I said, that's right and so i took him to school <laughs> and i announced to my wife that i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and kill tony and she said because she's a knit your own muesli hippie earth mother she said don't don't poison don't go and buy one of those trap that maims him to death and can we can you just try and dispatch him in a humane way and i'm like well babies do you want we was rat what do you want me to do? Hire a hitman? I, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna kill him. And she said, "Well, just please, just find something that's not awful." I went, "Yeah, okay." So I go to Bunnings, and there's a whole aisle dedicated to rat extermination in Bunnings, and I'm scouring the shelves, um, and I find this device from New Zealand. It's like the Wakachangi of 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 death traps for 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 rat. It's called it's called the Noosa, and it's a black it's a black plastic tube. And there's a little sear and a trigger inside one end of it. And you bait that, according to the instructions, with peanut butter. And the rat sticks his head into the open end of the tube to get the peanut butter. And it goes bang! And it snaps this O-ring around his neck that glows in the dark uh, that throttles him to death in like under five seconds. I thought, great, I'm going to go ahead with the noosa. So I buy the noosa, read the instructions, use the gloves. So there was no scent transfer, all that stuff. Found his little rub marks by the fence when he's getting in and out of the property. And I set this thing up and it turns out to be opposite Sydney's bedroom window. So I set it up and then, you know, I come home in the evening and he's home from school and it's the usual routine. And um, in the morning, I heard his roller shutter go up. I heard the engine click in and the roller shutter's going up. 
and I heard this scream and I thought, oh yeah, there'll be Tony's body lying there next to the, the noosa. And I ran in and Sydney's grinning at me and I went, oh, and I looked and my son said to me, you're Tony's bitch now, dad. <laughs> and I look out the window and he's leaning on the trap, smashing like a golf ball sized blob of peanut butter down his neck very casually, nonchalantly leaning on the trap, which had sprung, and the O-rings lying on the ground in front of him. And I thought, oh, wow, your Tony's quick. He's quick, this Tony. So, I, you know, Sydney went to school. I leg it back to Bunnings and go get the Certain Death 5,000 six-pack of, of like, rubble one with the, with the 80-pound spring and the teeth, and you have to set it up like a fucking bear trap. And I set, I set all them up around the same area with the, the peanut butter everywhere. And Sid comes home from school, and he sees these. And he said, are they for Tony? And I said, yeah, what's Tony going to be? Dead by morning. Yeah, that's right, Tony, dead by morning. So following morning, I hear the roller shutter go up and I hear a scream and I ran into his room and, and he's pointing and I, I looked out the window. Uh, in, in the intervening 24 hours, um, his mother, Claire, had gone uh, to Sydney to visit with her parents, um, which I'm grateful for uh, because she would have been horrified. The trap had come down on Tony's right ankle and he's obviously not killed outright and he's dragging himself across the pathers he's dragging himself he's leaving a blood trail it's horrible so i said sid go and brush your teeth and jump in the shower and i thought oh god i'm in my pjs so i went to the garage and think fast i grabbed a claw hammer and i went round the back and and tony looks over his shoulder he sees me he starts crawling in the other direction so i thought just make it really quick really quick and i swung the hammer i missed and then and then tony attacked me right he, he's going for it he knows he's on the way out. He's not going out without a fight. And, and he's now chasing me. <laughs> Tony's chasing me. So I, I swung again. I connected. And uh, I kind of missed his head. I hit him on the back. And then there were several more swings. I'm just trying to kill him quickly. And, and you know, I'm swinging. And there's, you know, there's, blood, there's blood splatter. It's going up the wall. And I hear this scream. I look over to my right. And both my kids are standing at our patio doors watching me club this thing to death in my PJs with a claw hammer and they're both crying. I thought, oh no. Uh, so he's, you know, he's dead. So I thought, oh, okay, so I'm not going to stick no, it in my- Tony. Yeah, he's dead, he's dead, man. It's awful, the blood, the claret that was coming out of this. So I pick him up by the trap with him dangling and twitching and, and oh, it was awful. And I thought, well, I'm not going to stick him in my bin. I'm going to stick him in the bin next to the bus stop across the street. So I press the button on the gate and I'm committed I'm committed to the bin that I know is getting empty that day. Unlike my bins, I thought I don't want the rat's body in there for a week, but I know the bus stop bin gets empty today, so I'll stick him in the bus stop bin. And I'm halfway across the road, so I'm committed. And then I look up and there's like five business guys and a mum with two kids sitting in the bus stop while this bleeding rat's just, it was awful. And so I'd committed, I couldn't suddenly turn around and go back. So I just made full eye contact, said, good morning and walked up to the bin and, and, and dropped this twitching Tony into the bin. And, and one guy folds up his newspaper and goes, that's a big rat, mate. And I said, bite your fucking head off, man. And went back into the house, closed the garage door. Oh, God. And then I go get the kids. I do the school run, get the kids, get them home. And um, I hear the roller shutter in the morning. And Sydney's going, Dad, Dad. And I ran into his bedroom and he's pointing and he goes, it's Tony's wife. <laughs> And there's wife and siblings caught in the other traps that I left. And he said, are you going to get the hammer, Dad? And I said, no, mate. No, no, I'm not. Go and brush your teeth. Have a shower. 
and, uh, and it went on. There were several rounds uh, and, and uh, it just turned into this Roman Polanski film in my back garden. And then Claire came, this 20, you know, 48 hours had gone by and she, she came home and we're at the airport, you know, pick mum up at the airport and she's literally just stepped off the escalator and Sydney runs up to her and he says, mum, dad battered Tony, his wife and four kids to death with a hammer in front of us. And the look I got from my wife, you know, really, <laughs> really nice one. Well done. Yeah, right. <laughs> Are they still there? The rats? Oh, there's no more rats. It's funny how kids think they're sort of like little pets or something. Or they? I'm very upset about this story. I, I like the sound of Tony. Tony sounded great. He sounded like a double hard bastard of a rat. And there's something yeah. to be like, I'd like to have a beer with Tony. I'd like to go out on a night on a town, go down to that. What's that pub you go to? Rodney's, <laughs> Rodney's bite and tackle. Rodney's like, go down there with Tony. You go in the bar, you're like, it's Tony in there. Like, he's out the back vomiting down an alley or something. That's the kind of rat Tony is. And yeah, it's just yeah, it's yeah. a bit of a shame you beat him to death with a fucking hammer. You know, Alex, I know, I know that it sounds harsh and I know that it sounds a bit violent and cruel, but you know, Little kids and rats don't mix. Didn't you give yeah. them a new life someplace? Where? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like I'm just being an idealist. Like set them up someplace in a nice little hutch. I'll tell you what, if if I get any more um, five kilo black rats with teeth that you can see from space, I'll <laughs> I'll trap them and I'll send them to you. Send them to yeah, me. Yeah. You can take him out for and get to know him and all that stuff. There's, yeah. There is something to be admired, though, about those those rats that have got really big. The ones you see, and I remember seeing a rat in Glasgow, and that was the same thing. It was like it was like a small dog, and you're yeah, like, yeah. fuck. Like you you see it, and then you think, wait a minute, is it really? How far away is that? Because you can't judge it. You're like, that's a rat. Why is it so it's big? Is it is it right in front of my face? Oh no, no, it's a bit. It's a bit further away, but it's just fucking huge. But there's something, yeah, I think there's something to be admired about rats. It's the same as those crocodiles you see that have just got fucking massive and they're missing an arm or something just because they've been around for so long. <laughs> we, we had fwins in Switzerland or Europe, little things called fwins, and they're like a little half of a rat and like a ferret. And they'll get into your roof much like the possums here in Australia. Um, and you just can't get rid of them. And, they, and they, they're so small, they're like a... You can imagine like a ferret, but they're so they're not fit through any tiny little tiny little hole, so you just can't get rid of them. And but they get under your car bonnet and they eat all the rubber, out of <laughs> all, all your all your distributor leads and stuff and everything, whatever's whatever they like the taste of, they'll just eat. And all the insulation, noise insulation under a bonnet, for example, or but only certain cars. They don't like certain brands. They don't like French cars. They'll only eat the stuff out of German cars. So you can actually get insurance, like Fwin insurance, for, for, for having your car eaten by a little rodent. <laughs> it's mad. And they, and they sort of pop. We had, we were living up in this, in this, this apartment up in the, in, the, in, the, in the roof of a, oh, what a chateau, a manoir thing once. And they had where these dormer windows up in, you know, down under the roof. And these little dudes would, you'd be in bed and they'd just sort of hang their head over upside down, like from the top. So just looking into your room, like from, 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 <laughs> You know, upside down, and little buggers, and you just you scare the heck out of you, know, and then they just scurry off, and it's like this little. I mean, they're kind of kind of cool, but my goodness, and they just get in the get in the roof and fight and carry on. And how do you spell the, the name of this animal? Fwin, F O U I N, I think. I had it as P H W I N. I think I had it. 
as P-O-U-I. <laughs> Only you would have a fucking wanky sounding thing. You can't just have a, you can't just have a rat. You can't just have like a, a rat, like a proper man. You've got to have some poncy fucking yeah. French thing. Yeah, yeah. Something that no one else can spell or pronounce. Yeah, I can't spell it either, apparently. Oh, here we go, yeah. It's got an E on the end. Put an E on the end. It's like a little ferret. Yeah, basically. It's called a, a beach martin. Yeah. <laughs> a beach martin? Yeah. You want? Okay. God, uh, get if... into animals now. This is great. I know. We've really, we've, watches are such a distant watches memory. Done. We've moved on. <laughs> <laughs> I ran over one once in the mini, actually. It didn't make much of a. What I did used to do in the mini is go through big, big, big crowds of migrating birds, tiny little birds, finches and stuff. Yeah. Accidentally, obviously, because you're doing silly speeds and um they'd get sucked into that that front scoop into the, ah. into, the into the um intercooler and <laughs> you just get, get you get home and there's like your car's squeaking you open the bonnet there's like <laughs> little squashed birds against it they've been sucked in like the vacuum cleaner <laughs> it was a great day i had in tasmania when i lived down there when i killed three animals in the one night and what? there was a I, I hit a kangaroo. It was because it was a, it was down near Port Arthur, so it was like in the middle of nowhere. And when it was a full moon, it was just animals all over the place. Did you and kill remember, the last Tasmanian tiger? I didn't, but I was always on the lookout. When I got to to Tasmania at first, I all the time whenever I was in a car, I thought I was going to see one. I was convinced I was going to see one. So anyway, I hit a kangaroo, and then I ran over an owl. <laughs> I don't want to laugh. Oh, no. fuck! This beautiful owl. And then just all these feathers kind of came out the back of the car. And my wife at the time was like, oh, God, that's so sad, that beautiful owl. And the thing was, her um, her father, who hated me, loved owls. So I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't wait to get back and tell him that I'd run over an owl. The only oh, thing that, that made the story better was about 10 minutes later, I ran over another owl. Are you serious? Yeah, two owls in the one night. <laughs> What are the chances? Yeah, well, not bad, apparently. Yeah, yeah okay. beautiful owls they were. Beautiful. <laughs> I, I don't know Where's, how to respond to that. Why is that okay? To, it's, it's okay to kill a rat, but an owl? Yeah, it's not okay to kill an owl. Yeah. He didn't mean to, did he? But, I didn't mean to kill one of the finches. We used to galahs. We used to run into galahs by the dozen back at, back at home on the farm. Especially at harvest time. You've got all this weed all over the road. Bits of weed off, blown off trucks. The galahs just sit there and eat it all. And then they can't fly because they're too full. And so you come across, you come over the hill flat out, and they're all trying to fly, and they're jogging you get a takeoftoff. Oh, they're, no, they're all running like fucking you plow. By the time them. they get airborne, it's like, it's going to just like, yeah, that, that, that's kind of pretty common at harvest time. But um, I'm sure any wheat belt's the same. But yeah, um, owls, I don't think I've ever managed an owl. That's a bit, that's a bit cruel, Alex, actually. It was, they were beautiful. They, were, they weren't like just <laughs> shit looking owls. They were. The the very best Harry Potter owls. Oh, the, yeah, okay. even better than than that. They were really mysterious looking, and then, yeah, then then they were gone. Yeah, but it was great. Like I don't like to kill owls, but I I got a sense of achievement out of it because my father in law loved owls so much. Loved them. So Love taking them. a positive out of a negative, I think, is the way to put it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You get a positive. Out of it. Okay, we wrapped up. We've done bikes, cars. Uh... Owls. Well, actually, I wanted to tell a story about a fish. I'm not oh, sure. Okay, here we go. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I um, had this 
little shitty apartment in in Scotland, kind of near-ish Glasgow, and I got this huge fish tank and had a couple of tropical fish in it, but they lived for like fucking forever. And they kept on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually there was only one fish that was left. <laughs> it was a fucking beast of a fish. So anyway, this fish died. And I thought I'll flush it down the toilet because I flushed the last two down the toilet. But it was too big to flush down the toilet. <laughs> so I, I threw it down the toilet and I tried to flush it and it just it was jammed in there. So I, I had to fish it back out with the net. <laughs> <laughs> so what I, what I thought I would do was the back of the house, there was the living room was there and there was a window and I was on the first floor and I thought, I'll just fucking fling this fish out the window <laughs> and an animal will get it or a fox or something or a cat will get to eat this nice fish and it'll be like the circle of life will complete and everything will be, everything will be great. So there was a window at the back of the house, but it was this huge glass pane and then at the top there was like a little window that would open so you couldn't open the main part of it you could only open the top part <laughs> so i'm on the um i climb up on the window ledge and i use the, the i use the net and i hand i put my hand out the window and i turn the net upside down and the fish falls out and unfortunately it lands on the outside of the window <laughs> <laughs> at the bottom of the this huge yeah this huge pane of glass and i can't get to it <laughs> just stuck there this massive fucking tropical fish so i start to worry i'm thinking wait a minute there's gonna be i'm gonna wake up in the morning there's gonna be like a fucking massive seagull or something that's flown through and smashed this this glass trying to get to this <laughs> massive fish so i'm like i need to get it off the window ledge so I'm like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? So I make this tool out of a wire coat hanger. And I, <laughs> so I unravel a wire coat hanger and I, I extend it out till, till its full, fullest length and make a kind of hook, hook on it. So I'm standing on the window ledge on the inside, the windowsill or whatever, and I might, I've got my arm kind of, out this window from the kind of elbow down and I've got this wire <laughs> coat hanger hook thing I'm trying to get to catch it in its mouth and to push it off the edge of the window ledge but it's a diff it's like it's a difficult task it's worse than one of those fucking claw machines at the the fairgrounds or whatever so I end up just basically mashing in this entire fish's head <laughs> Mash, just I could not catch it. I could not catch inside its mouth, and I basically I'm just like mashing the entire skull off this fish. Eventually, there's like a tiny bit of its mouth that's still attached, and I managed to <laughs> manage to catch it, and I pull it off the edge of the, of the window ledge, and it falls, and it makes this massive kind of thud. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see the lights coming on downstairs, the, the, the lights coming on and illuminating the garden. And then I hear the doors opening and the person from downstairs going out into the garden to investigate what this noise was. And then all that, so I'm like turning the lights off, hiding, kind of cowering to make sure nobody he doesn't know it was anything to do with me. And then I just hear, 
what the fuck? Obviously, the guy <laughs> finds this huge tropical fish with its head half half mashed off. <laughs> but anyway, that's my that's my yeah fish story. Oh, I love it. <laughs> he went back inside, yeah. and he's got like this alien conspiracies going on. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, oh yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a seagull just dropped it in, in mid-flight or something. A huge tropical <laughs> fish. <laughs> in Glasgow. Like a multicolored, <laughs> massive tropical fish. Maybe. <laughs> oh, no. We're going we're gonna to wrap up for the night before we I'll get caught off again. I'll take my drawers. What's in my next drawer? Yeah, okay. Let's, let's wrap <laughs> yeah, you haven't got to do your drawer thing yet. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. Um, oh. I don't know. I don't know. Paul, Paul's going to struggle again. I know last time he had an Instagram recommendation, but it was his one Instagram person that you knew, and he can't he can't use that again. But also, I've seen Paul has been a lot more active recently on Instagram. <laughs> You've turned into a social media whore, Paul, haven't you? Frenzy. Uh, yeah, was, yes, but I, but I would. <laughs> Two posts I've seen recently. Yeah, you you spurred you spurred me into. Um... Yeah, up, up, uploading an, uh, an image. Um, yeah, yeah, I did. I'm going to do more, Alex. Committed to an image a, a year, right? Image a year, yeah. So you weren't expecting me to know that for at least another 12 months. So yeah, I was, I was so shocked. And then Rob said, "No, that's this is it." And then you posted another one the following week. Your fans <laughs> yeah, must surprise. be in a frenzy. Yeah. Oh, they're frothing, frothing. Oh, surprise yeah. anybody. So uh, if you got an Insta, maybe you, you might still not mind have, not have an Instagram <laughs> account to follow. I mean, you know, it's just it's just too far. Uh, no, no, I don't. I'm, I'm very sorry. I, oh. I don't. Oh, oh, okay. I, 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 oh, I, wait, wait. Um, yes, cats yeah, look, yeah. look like Hitler. <laughs> it cats. I like I like the sound of this. Yeah. There's a website. There's a website called cats that look like Hitler.com. They must. They have to have an Instagram as well, though. It's a. There's a hashtag for it. Is that about Instagram? Yeah, there is. Maybe it's, it's probably. Excellent. You probably can't have Hitler in. Um, yeah, as a name. I know yeah, there is cats dot that dot look dot like. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Zero posts. Little Hitlers. So there, it's it's as active an account as yours as Paul, but zero posts. But there's oh, a, there yeah, a hashtag anyway. Your hashtag choice. Your hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're joking. Okay, well, we'll follow that hashtag. <laughs> yeah, you are. There you are. Good, very good. That's good contribution. I, was, I knew I had, had you along for something. And then you. probably next time you'll, you'll have an Instagram recommendation, though, right? I will. And a wacker changi. Yeah. And a wacker changi. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Okay, that's fine. Well, we'll let you off. What about you, Alice? Alex, you know what? Let me. Um, well, since we're talking about it. that, uh, when Paul was talking about that terrible story where he butchered that entire family of rats, um, <laughs> I actually saw uh, a. It was a picture that somebody posted, and it was graffiti of a cat, and then what would either be a mouse or a rat, but the rat was holding like an axe. Um, but it's a watch account, but that was just one of the posts on his account. And his account oh. is, you'd say if it's taper or tapper, T-A-P-I-R underscore F-F-M. Uh, Klaus. Mm-hmm. And I've had, okay. a, I've had some, you like this, Rob, I've had some lovely chats to him. <laughs> yeah, of We've course had some really nice chats. Quite nice chats. Yeah. And he's a great guy. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, very good. And he's Where's got he some from? cool watches. Happy. 
It's in uh, Germany. Okay. Is that? Is that? Yeah. Okay. He does. He does. I like he's uh, Orkin Oscar actually. Always got Oaks Oxen Junior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yep. I've got uh, mine now. My rule is one in, one out. If I follow someone, I've got to unfollow someone else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I reckon we should follow. Have I done uh, each time I say, have well, you done him? Speedy Fan 71. Have we done him? Someone else would have. We'll see. Speedy Fan. Speedy Fan 71. I think I, think I know. Well, him. I do not follow, or we, at the Fifth Rest page does not follow him. So. Hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. Peter. 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 You know, this. I don't know if he's actually got one of my straps. <laughs> Where did I come across him? Anyway, cool, cool pieces, some cool pieces. Good choice. Hey, chaps, I've, I've got, I've got to, I've got to go. My son's demanding a story. Okay, good. Well, we got, we got finished time anyway. Yeah, so, you've got one so, minute twenty-four for Rob to not fuck up the exit part. Seconds. We got to go and follow us and do everything else. Um, come on, Rob. Instagram. Jesus. Slack podcast. Slack. Email us at contact at fifthrest.com. Add, yeah. We'll add you to the group chat. Come and review your watch. I was getting Go there. to genevablue.com.au. Buy tons of straps off Rob. 10% asbestos. Can't believe it's not <laughs> Komodo dragon leather, et cetera, et cetera. Believe go it's and leather. check out. Yeah, go and uh, order a copy of Paul's book. I'm one third of the way into it, I would say, and it's, it's very good, apart from the part about Joe the Monkey, which is, yeah, Bible. follow Paul Carter Don't books or Paul Carter reads. author whichever one's the most active. Thanks for coming, Paul. Thank you for having Thanks. me. Looking forward to your War Movies podcast that you should do very soon. I'll tune in for sure. Oh, my war- we'll, yes, we'll talk I'll, about that. I'm going to work on that. Cool. I love Thanks, you guys. guys. Thanks care. for listening. Stay Bye. Bye. is by the community for the community. We would love you to join the crew via our group chat on Slack. Email us at contact at fifthwrist.com and join the movement.